Our Old Testament reading is taken from the longest psalm in the Bible. This psalm is dedicated to the blessings of God's word for our daily lives. If you care to read along with me, you may do so on page 568 of your pew Bibles. I will be reading from the 119th Psalm beginning at verse 97 and continuing until verse 104. Let us tune our ears to listen now to God's holy word. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is always with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn away from your ordinances, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. This concludes our reading from the Old Testament. May we learn to savor and trust the gift of God's word for our lives. Our New Testament lesson today is found in the second letter of Paul to Timothy. In this passage, Paul is giving instruction to the younger apprentice he has. Timothy was raised by a mother and grandmother in the faith, surrounded by Holy Scripture along the way of his journey. And so uh, here you hear... Paul making reference to the value of his teaching, his upbringing, and uh, it is a a word of encouragement that we can overhear and reflect upon ourselves. Here now, beginning at verse 14 of chapter 3. And as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, and be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with utmost patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but having itching ears, They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist. Carry out your ministry fully. This is the end of our reading from Holy Scripture today. May we allow that Scripture to sink into our spirit and be informed by it for our living. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Some years ago, on the day that she received her third grade Bible, Yaroslav Pelikan's daughter sang, Jesus loves me, this I know, 
for the Bible tells me so. Now, Yaroslav was a professor at Yale Divinity School at that time, and he knew for certain that his daughter had not completed an in-depth study of the Bible. But his daughter had been surrounded by a family and a community that gave her the assurance of God's love. And he knew that she would read her first Bible within a circle of love and wisdom. And with the gift of time and commitment, she would discover within the Bible's pages the great and wondrous depth of God's guiding love. Now today I'm going to conclude our three-part sermon series on placing God first in our homes. And by that I mean in the daily practices of our lives. And our focus today is on the gift of meditating upon God's holy word in Scripture. How very appropriate for Reformation Sunday. Our psalm for today sings that God's word is sweeter than honey. And Paul's letter to Timothy reminds his younger colleague of his upbringing, that from his childhood he was steeped in sacred scripture, and that grounding, Paul affirmed, could be trusted to carry him through a lifetime. So, worshiping friends, have we committed ourselves to the word of salvation, as Paul describes it in this passage of Scripture? Now, my third grade Bible has lived on my bedstand. I always have to be careful. I keep losing another page. It's lived on my bedstand since my childhood, and I read it through uh, and marked it for my bonehead Bible class the year after my confirmation. I, I saw some of those markings right there, Roy, in uh, Psalm 100 that you told me was one of your favorite uh, verses that I use today. It's followed me all throughout the full course of my life. But later in life, I came to understand the depth of commitment that the Bible requires. I remember learning about my Waldensian friends, precursors of the Protestant Reformation who are now part of the Presbyterian family of churches, partners of ours. We have a congregation in Milan that we have a special relationship with. Well, when I read about their story, I found myself so humbled by their commitment to be fed by God's Word. They had to study the Bible in secret by candlelight in kitchens. That's the meaning behind the emblem that you'll see in our partnership wall out in this hallway. They would study in kitchens during times when reading the Bible was restricted and outlawed. Only the elite religious professionals could do so. And these people professed their faith in a scripture that they saw called them into action. The spirit found its, their spirit found its way into the Protestant Reformation that we are celebrating today. And with the advent of the printing press and the Gutenberg Bible, 
This gift was put in the hands of ordinary people who were able to grasp the plain sense of the Scriptures so it could direct their lives profoundly and personally. And for Presbyterians, as we'll affirm at the end of the sermon with our affirmation today, authority in the church derives from the Scriptures, which we believe are the unique and authoritative witness to the love of God in Jesus Christ. That love embodied in Jesus, that is the true Word that we worship and which guides our lives in wisdom. Now, uh, Timothy's passage has, this passage of Timothy has a lot of specific advice, and I want to meditate upon it with you through three words and three questions. So, if you're a note taker, I'm giving you your structure now. Here are your cues. The first question I want to ponder after reading this passage of Scripture is Are we listening, listening for the Word of God? Jesus loves me, this I know, the Bible tells me so. Because I've been offered the gift of God's Word through song and constant demonstration of people around me. Listening for God's Word also requires someone to offer it so that it could be received and someone to commit to it so that it can be learned. And it requires someone to take that learning, to place it within the human heart, that it might guide our lives into belief. Are we listening for God's Word? And here are three supports then to that listening. When we are listening to God's Word, it is received, learned, and believed. Now the next question I want to ponder with you reading this scripture is to wonder whether we are discerning God's Word together. When our children are little, we can read them the story Bible at bedtime. But I wonder as they grow, are we digging deeper into the Word so it can inform our conversation with teenagers and budding young adults? as their minds explore the depth and paradox of life as they move into adulthood? Have we absorbed the meaning of the Word well enough so that God's Word becomes a constant companion for all of life's challenges and mysteries? Friends, the gift of our tradition of Christianity is the presence of seeking and searching believers. And together we test the scriptures against tradition, experience, other scriptures. We test it against the law of love, against the person and presence of Christ. And in so doing, we offer our lives to the teaching of the church. Now, this is something we can do whether we are a parent or not. We learn the Scriptures so that we can pass it on and teach the Scriptures. This is something everyone has a responsibility to do as a Christian. We participate in the training of the Word 
And all of this training is not mere uh, dry schooling in Scripture. Our learning of God's Word is meant to equip and guide our lives. So when I read this passage of instruction from Paul to Timothy, I wonder, are we discerning God's Word together? Knowing that when we are, we are testing, training, and equipping. There's a man named Gaylord Kambrami who was working for the Bible Society in Zimbabwe. And one day, he tried to give someone a New Testament scripture. And he told this person, now read this, and you'll find joy and meaning. The man said, I will not, and if you force me, I'll use its pages to roll my cigarettes. Well, Cambrani just set the New Testament down and left it right there. And then years later, that same man spotted Cambrani in a crowd, and pointing to him, he said, 15 years ago, this man gave me a New Testament, and I warned him I would use its pages to roll cigarettes. And I did. I smoked my way through Matthew. I smoked Mark and Luke as well. But when I got to John 3.16, I couldn't smoke anymore. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whomsoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Wow. So I was asking the congregation on Facebook yesterday to share some of their favorite passages, and it's fun peeking in on the conversation between people. I see you can keep doing that today. But that John 3.16 is one of my favorite passages. Today's Scripture says that all Scripture is inspired and useful. Now, I believe that Scripture is to be savored. Now, I'm not talking about smoking it, though, okay? I just want to be clear. Our Scripture today does cause me to ponder, though, this third question, are we integrating God's Word so it can dwell within us and guide us? When I say that we're to savor Scripture, I mean... Some scriptures are straightforward, but they take a lifetime to fully appreciate and understand. Some scriptures are frankly confusing and take the discernment of the community to sort them through. Other scriptures, frankly, are just meant to bug us, like Jesus' parables teasing us into active thought, as C.H. Dodd put it, so that we would get thinking and changing our lives. So we savor God's Word, but it also is meant to challenge us out of placidness. Now, I know Halloween is right in front of us here, and I know uh, some of you are preparing some very frightening costumes. Hmm? But I want to tell you that in this shock therapy season, Scripture is supposed to shock us out of complacency 
and confront our personal hypocrisies and to speak up for justice in this world. Now, last week at the end of our sanctuary service, I spoke up about some missionaries that we support, and I encourage you not to forget any of our missionaries, the ones that we support through our shared mission giving in Presbyterian mission all over the world. And also, we specifically support some various children of the church who've grown up and dedicated themselves, uh, such as the son of our longest tenured member, Phyllis, whose son is dedicated to sharing the Bible in the face of some real personal danger. Now, I wonder, when was the last time that you offered the gift of a Bible to someone? You know, someone doesn't have to be in third grade to get a Bible. You can even send it to someone on their smartphone these days. If we truly want to integrate God's Word into our lives and guide us, then we need to be savoring it and to let it be challenging, and we need to be sharing it. So there are these three guides about our Scripture today, listening, discerning, and integrating the Word into our lives. This is the challenge behind Paul's teaching of our epistle today. Now, <clears throat> next Sunday we're going to ask you to join our officers in making your pledge of commitment to the church, to bring that with you on Commitment Sunday. And truly, we need an increasing commitment to meet the challenges of ministry that we support together. And I want you to think about the heritage of the Bible that we have in this congregation at year 150. Are we committed to the work of sharing God's Word into the future? Where is the Word in our lives? And how deep is our commitment? Um, I'm going to close with a story. It's an old story. I love this one. About two fellows who were busy working in a railway yard, pounding away at some track, getting the things all lined up well, and in came on a fancy rail car next to him, slowed down. Guy rolled down a window and hollered out, Charlie, is that you? One of the fellows who was pounding stopped and looked at him and said, Joe? Why, I haven't seen you in, she said. Charlie's been 25 years. Why don't you get out of the sun, come into the car here, let's talk for a while, catch up. So he set down his hammer, he went in. After a while, he stepped down out of the car, and uh, his buddy who had been hammering with him said, do you know who that is? That, that's the president of the railroad. He said, uh, how'd you know him? Charlie said, well, we started to work 25 years ago out here in the yard. You mean, he said, the president of the railroad started out here swinging a sledgehammer? Yes, said Charlie. Well, then how come he's the president and you're still out here in the yard? Well, said Charlie, 25 years ago, I came to work for $1.25 an hour. But he came to work for the railroad. Worshiping friend, anyone, 
can place a third grade Bible on a shelf. I want to know, will we commit to live it out every day? I deliver this to you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.